Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000. You can text me directly at 720-336-0897. Um, save those numbers in your phone. That way you don't need to worry about them. You can tell Siri to dial them or text them for you. And if you're in a safe place, you can text or, or have voice to text. And you can send in a prayer request. That number, the 720-336-0897, is a number you can use 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to send a prayer request here to Grace FM. Uh, we will pray over it. Uh, we, those prayer requests get prayed over, sent to our staff and team here. Uh, sent to the Calvary Church's staff and team, and then get get handed out various ways to um, different prayer groups. Uh, So we will pray for you. But while the show is on the air, it is the way that you can text a message in. Um, And you can text a message or a question in. Uh, I'd much rather talk to you about it because it's good for the audience uh, and it's good for all of us, but we'll take the text. No, either way, it's okay. 303 690 303 690 Here's a text. Uh, my sister sent me this question, and I wasn't sure how to answer it. Doesn't God know who is going to be a believer and a follower of Christ? So the answer to that is yes. This Bible I'm reading says God has given us abilities ahead of schedule. Don't know what that means exactly. But if God knows what we need, he would be knowing who will be a believer and who won't. So then God would already know who will be in heaven with him, right? Like, is there truly free will if God already knows what you will pick? So the general question summed up, is there truly free will if God already knows what you will pick? Yes. There is truly free will. Unfortunately, there's also a lot of free will debate and argument over this. And we do not believe biblically in what's known as fatalism, where with fatalism, your fate is set and you have no choice in the matter. It is simply uh, what it is. And you don't get to... Uh, by definition, the dictionary says that fatalism is a belief that all events are predetermined and therefore inevitable. And certainly, fatalism is such a popular theory and philosophy today that you could read the Bible and read fatalism into it. But over and over again, we see God interacting with his creation. And I would suggest with your sister, if God knows all acts, then he also knows how to intervene. He knows when to intervene. He knows how to meet us where we are. He knows how and when to overrule us. He knows He knows all that can be known. 
he doesn't learn. You know, there's a false teaching out there known as open theism, like God doesn't know everything and he learns it like us. That's nonsense. It's absolutely nonsense. God knows everything that can possibly ever be known, and therefore, in his sovereign purposes, he knows He knows how to relate to us and when to relate to us. I would talk to your sister as well, though, to say it is a challenge to think through these things because we, when we match up the, the sovereignty of God with the free will of man, it's a frustrating. I, I even had that, uh, I even had that um, question come in uh, earlier today uh, uh, via email and it was, hey, I've been saved since 1968 and I'm wondering about this question. And I'm like, yeah, I think we all are. How does the sovereignty of God cooperate with the free will of man? Um, we have a lot of theological answers for that, but none of us know exactly how because it's the finite man trying to figure out infinite God. However, uh, to show you that you have free will, you know, t- you can tell your sister, put your hand on the table and, and hit it. And you, you are making free will decisions and choices every moment of every day, but they're not outside the knowledge of God. The closest thing, again, give me a call. We're waiting for your phone lines to, the phone lines to fill up. David's waiting in studio to take your calls today. Wherever you are around the country, uh, Freedom FM, Hope FM, Truth FM, Grace FM, FMs all over the country, um, we want you, and some AMs. Uh, we want you to be a part of the show, 303-690-3000. Uh, the, the reality of, of understanding the sovereignty of God and the free will of man is challenging, but the best way, you know, and it's an imperfect illustration, but it's a great, it's an illustration nonetheless. Let's say that you and I went to the an NFL football game here in Colorado, in Denver, right off I-25, would be the Denver Broncos Stadium. We're sitting there on the 50-yard line with tickets that were given to us by a friend. And we're watching the game. And we're taking notes. And we watch the whole game, first quarter, second quarter, halftime, third quarter, fourth quarter. We've got a lot of information about the game. We took notes, might even took a few pictures along the way. We know who's ahead at the first quarter, uh, what the score is, what the score all the way to the end, who won. On that's on Sunday. If on Monday we sit down with family and friends that just moved into town and they want to watch the football game, but they don't know anything about it, they're going to watch it in real time, even though it's recorded, and they're going to learn about that program that football game in real time even though it's already happened they're going to learn it just like we did when we watched it the day before however when we're watching it on monday we already know what's going to happen and we know that those actions on the field were all done free will they weren't manipulated in any way where they weren't forced and as you're watching it you already know what's happening and you're then can you're going to watch it differently uh, you're going. You could even say um, what you could even predict what's going to happen. Um, you could even, you know, tell your friend exactly what's going to happen before it happens because you have this new knowledge. Again, it's, it's a it's not a perfect illustration because that's a, something fixed in time. But God knows things in a very similar manner, but better. 
Another example, Pastor Chuck Smith used to give us all the time is is the ability to, you know, I my favorite, I still want to do this. I've never been before, but I want to do this. It's on a if it's on a bucket list of mine. And I would just like to see the Rose Parade in person on New Year's Day. Uh, I've always wanted to, even as a kid. I've wanted to take my kids, never did. I want to take my wife, she's not interested. Uh, but I still want to see it. And I think my daughter, Caitlin, would come with me too because I think she would want to see it too. And there are different perspectives um, as you watch that uh, parade. You could sit at the curb or in, I don't, I wouldn't sit at the curb. I would buy a ticket and sit up in the bleachers. So I'm sitting up in the bleachers and I'm experiencing from the bleacher perspective, the floats that go by, the horses that go by, the, the, the wonderful sounding bands that go by, the, um, uh, what do they call it? The chairman or the, the people that they honor in the parades, the person that, uh, is the honorable person, you know, that's in the car driving by, they drive by, and as I'm sitting in the uh, stands, I've got a perspective of time, one at a time, linearly. I see it coming, I see it in front of me, and I see it going, then it disappears. However, if at that same parade, instead of sitting in the bleachers, I was sitting up in a chair in the Goodyear blimp, and from the vantage point above, a few hundred feet above, I could see the whole parade from beginning to end. And I could tell the per, my daughter at the, sitting in the stands, this is coming, this is coming, look at this, this is amazing. She doesn't see it yet because it hasn't gotten to her yet. But from my vantage point, I could see everything. I know, uh, oh no, you know, the, the parade's going to slow down because there's a broken uh, float and, um, you know, all of, I could, uh, from the different vantage point, I can see everything. And yet the parade, I don't control the parade. Um, but I mean, again, another broken illustration, I could have a radio and say, stop the parade and they could respond to me to stop the parade type of thing. So, you know, you factor in some human examples considering the infinite power and sovereignty and omniscience of God. And you could see, uh, whatever we could, uh, develop in our thinking, God is even greater. Isn't that awesome? Anyway, good question. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Uh, great question here by text. And, you know, if you uh, want to um, you want to keep texting me, that's great. Um, 303-690-3000 is the number to be on the air. And you can text me at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Here's a here's a very challenging question, and it's relevant to our current culture today. Uh, the question says, with this new law in Texas, how do I explain from a biblical standpoint about abortion when it relates to incest and rape? A very good question, and I think that as we're presented with these extreme, because this is an extreme rare, difficult situation, and it is not the norm, and we just need to process that as we hear it, as it's brought up, uh, whether it is somebody that's trying to make an argument for abortion and wants to change the perspective to some wild, hurtful situation. So you've got an answer to the person that's exaggerating their point to try to get you off your game. But then you can also have to deal with this question with someone that has been raped 
unfortunately, a woman that has been raped or has uh, been sinned against through the sin of incest. So let's start with the latter first, to someone that's raped or someone's incest. I would explain biblically to them the love of God, that he loves them, that he is wanting to comfort and encourage them in the trauma that they've experienced, the hurt and the pain that they're carrying, the unfairness. I would minister to all of that. That may be the whole conversation. We may not even get to the topic of abortion yet because I'm, I'm talking to a person, not a situation. So I want to remind you, guys that are listening in, all you new stations, Freedom FM, all of our friends on Hope FM and Truth FM, of course, all of our friends here on Grace FM, I want to remind you we're dealing with people, not issues, people, not problems, lives, not theories. So I want to deal with the the hurt and the pain. I want to deal with the, acknowledge the sin, and I, I want to just minister to them. Uh, I want them to trust me. Uh, not not because of me, but, but but because if they trust me, I will be able to share the word of God with them in such a way that they'll receive it. So after I'm ministering to the person uh, that has been raped or has experienced incest, and by the way, as a man, I would get a woman involved, my wife or maybe a godly woman in our church. I wouldn't do this alone because I would want a woman there to minister to um the woman that's in front of me in such a way where there's tenderness and compassion. I mean, I can think of a lot of ladies in our church that would be perfect to team up with me to minister to them. Uh, so I would definitely want to um, team up with a woman and, and really get a woman involved in this woman's life for the long term, right? But I would separate the issue of abortion from the way that a person got pregnant. Because the issue of abortion biblically surrounds how we value life. And our value of life is, we only have two options. Our value of life is either because we see it God's way and he's the author of life and the creator of life, or we develop some other viewpoint of life. And if we take God's perspective of life, Life in the womb, no matter, no matter how it started, is valuable unto the Lord. And we would not want to terminate that pregnancy. We would want to walk alongside this woman, get her the kind of help that she needs. She may end up giving this baby up for divorce, or excuse me, up for adoption. Uh, She may end up, the Lord ministering to her heart to raise. But every life is valuable, no matter the origin no matter how life began. But we we can't just be all black and white and heavy-handed and forget that we're dealing with a person in a real-life example. Now, in my case, I I can also share a personal testimony. To some degree, it doesn't explicitly connect with this, but I can share a testimony of me and my girlfriend. Um, I found out at the age of 17 that my 15-year-old girlfriend was pregnant. And being the dumb idiot that I was, the kind of guy that would uh, spend every penny he had on alcohol and drugs and partying uh, and not on my girlfriend or not to honor my parents or anything. I would spend it selfishly on myself to party and buy beer and drugs and for all my friends. Uh, I didn't want to buy a pregnancy test for my 15-year-old girlfriend. So we took out, back then, 
in the 80s, there was the yellow pages. Remember the phone book? We didn't have Google. We didn't have smartphones. And we, I took my, and I borrowed my buddy's car and used his gas and drove my girlfriend to a free pregnancy clinic uh, to, get, uh, uh, to get a free pregnancy test. And as we were there, we sat down and we looked at the pamphlets and such and went through the whole thing. And what we didn't know was that was an abortion clinic. And the way that they drew people in, like me, was something free. And we uh, had enough sense in us, uh, Marie being Roman Catholic at the time and uh, me not being much of anything but raised in a moral home, um, we said no. We said no to any type of thought that this baby would not come to full term. And, you know, how is these kids going to raise? I don't know. What kind of life would we have? I don't know. Uh, I We had no idea. And, I mean, poor Marie, on top of that, her boyfriend's a drop-dead drunk, um, doesn't care about her. I mean, it was scary. It was hard. It, again, it isn't anything like rape or incest. I I. I want to make that clear, but it was also another scary situation. And I had to make a lot of hard decisions. I had to look her mom in the eye. I had to look my parents in the eye. It it was horrible. It was hard, but Marie and her bravery, um, I wasn't so brave, but in Marie and her bravery, she carried that baby to term and Eddie was born to us and we separated for years and, and then we ended up getting back together. Miraculously, God was in it. We got married then we got saved. We raised that boy. He became a Colorado State Trooper. Um, and we have a family with more children now. Unfortunately, my son collapsed. Um, he went into a coma. And the choice uh, was made um, by his wife not to wait for him to wake up. And uh, he's gone home to be with the Lord. But we had 26 years of great life with that little baby. And it would have been more convenient and it would have been easier if we did um, just have an abortion, but no way. And so the church has to rise up, you know, because it's, it, it isn't just a Bible answer. It's a people answer, living it out in people's lives. And these are traumatic things, but situations don't change the word. So how do we deal with that? We, we minister to them by pointing them to the God that loves them, to resources that can be there for them. Uh, and to encourage them to value life, no matter the origin. 303-690-3000. It's, uh, I don't typically do Fridays. I'm, I'm not sure that the lines are always empty this late, but give me a call. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, taking your calls and your questions. Pastor Ed found this post this morning very powerful. Certainly puts things into perspective. Consider sharing it with your listeners. Um, Huh. Well, it says, you know what's scarier than a virus? And then it quotes Matthew chapter 7, verse 23. Depart from me, I never knew you. Okay, well, let me talk about that for a second. I I don't know uh, the person that posted this or the platform behind it, but I think it could be taken a couple different ways. Uh, let me let me just say right now, the virus is very scary. And we have many people that are fighting for their lives because of this virus in our own church family, uh, contracting it in different places. But 
um, you know, even friends around the country that contracted the virus. And it is very scary. And it is very difficult when you can't breathe and when pneumonia develops. And and then, of course, people go, well, you know, they had underlying conditions. Well, we all have underlying conditions. What are you talking about? We all are susceptible to sickness and death because of sin. And we all have underlying conditions. So um, on the one hand, I don't like this post. I don't think it's sensitive. I don't think it is relevant. I don't think it takes into consideration the reality of this virus. I think it takes the position of, and I don't know this person, so I don't know for sure. I'm not on Facebook so I, or Instagram or whatever right now. I've taken a fast. I've been fasting three months now from social media. It's been very good. So I don't know, but I, I, it's what it sounds like because it's, kind of, it's kind of not, not relatable. This, this, of course, depart from me, I never knew you is, is um, scarier. So maybe there's an evangelistic bent to this. Um, I, maybe it's, um, I, I don't know. I don't know the person. So yeah, you're right. It is scary. Uh, depart from me. I never knew you, of course, but I don't know how that relates to the virus. I don't get it. So maybe you can text me back and tell me what your point of view is. How did this, and this is why calling is so good because we could talk and maybe your point of view will change my perspective, but I have to say, I don't like it. Um, I don't think it's helpful, but I may be missing something here because I don't know the person and I don't want to have a snap judgment on this person because I don't know them. But I mean, geez, I could think of a lot of things more scarier uh, than a virus. Uh, But if you're uh, life and death in the ICU and you can't breathe, I'd say that's pretty scary. Uh, If you have, if you're like one of our, uh, we got a few people in our church undergoing cancer treatment, I'd say it's pretty scary. Um, so I, I don't I don't know exactly what your point of view is on it. So maybe you can tell me. Um, but I do think again. Now let me speak a little more general uh, because I don't. Again, I don't know the origin of this particular post, but I do think there's a general insensitivity of the body of Christ right now. I think the body of Christ has become more political than they have spiritual. Uh, I think that the mandates and restrictions and the political overreach has tempted many Christians to get away from the gospel and start fighting for something that isn't eternal. Uh, and then it's just made them insensitive, unloving. You remember, you remember what the Bible says? This is so, God has been really testing us on this. And, and let me just be careful to say us. It's not, a, if we're a part of the body of Christ, we're in this together. It's not me against you or you against me. But remember in the Bible, uh, in the last days, it's described uh, in 2 Timothy 3.3, it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And then in verse 3, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control. And there is a sense where we think, well, of course, the world's going to go to hell in a handbasket and it's it is going to be wild and all these unbelievers are going to be living more in sin and and I don't think it's just unbelievers being mentioned here I think the church part of the church even if there's fake believers or the great deception at the end of the age it's going to make I've seen believers become unloving like like straight up in your face unloving over the matters that we're dealing with right now and and so please text me back. Would you explain what you see in this in this post that I might be missing? 
Um, this is one of the reasons I'm not on social media because this stuff inflames. I don't know what people mean. I'm not sure um, because if I'm preaching the gospel and I'm loving people, I'm loving God with all my heart, soul, and mind, I'm loving my neighbor as myself, then I know that I'm going to um, cover all things, you know, like the virus and like salvation. And so I wish you would um, call me. It looks like it came from a local number. Call the show. Let's talk about it. 303-690-3000, Strasburg. Amy, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Hi. You're on um, the air? So this is going to be hard for me. Um, okay. But um, I have had a, an abortion, and I I was just listening, and I, I do I struggle with it every day. Hmm. And um, and I am a, a believer, and I go to church. You know, I I go to sure. Calvary, and I just I know that you know God is Jesus is forgiving, and I, I I've asked Him to forgive me, and I know that I need to I'm gonna have to answer to Him. You know, when that day comes, and and I just struggle with it, and sometimes I I get so down, and and I I feel like. Sometimes I feel like I, he won't forgive me for that. And it is. It's a. It's a battle for the mind, and I think that one of the things that you're you're sharing that's really important for our listeners to hear is that there is there is a lot of underlying difficulties when mm-hmm. it comes to abortion. There's a lot of consequences, a lot of challenges. Uh, and you're 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 sharing that like this long term guilt, this long term uh, condemnation, and and now the doubts whether God will still love me. Have I crossed the line that He'll forgive everything but this? And and it, it's a reminder of of you in that sensitivity and brokenness that you experience to come back to the truths and just firmly choose to believe the truths and. You know, one of them, one of them, and when I teach on this subject, I taught on it, you know, usually I'll teach on this subject specifically when it comes, like once a year, there's the Sanctity of Life Day, and and I always acknowledge, I know that many people like you, and even many women listening right now, and guys that took them to the clinic or went through, uh, have had abortions in their past, and and it's a heavy thing to carry, and so mm-hmm. the reality of of the importance of knowing that God loves me and and that I am forgiven. The the blood of Jesus Christ forgives even this sin, Uh, even you. And so as you battle, I I just don't think, okay, then what does the Bible say? And one of the first words that came to mind when I was hearing you is um, in 1 John 2, verse 1, it says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So the position that Jesus takes with you, sister, is to advocate on your behalf, to to comfort and encourage. You know what that word, that's the same word in the Greek that Jesus uses to describe the Holy Spirit. It's parakletos. It means to comfort, to encourage, and to come alongside. 
And so to think when you're beating yourself up and you're regretting and you have those seasons and you look at it, and you go, oh, you, you want to remember, no, God is with me. He's advocating. He's by my side. Jesus is going to take me all the way through and he's going to heal me. And I believe with all of my heart, I believe it just like David believed it, that you will meet that baby in heaven. Yeah. And I, I, believe I always it. ask, you know, God, that that I will get to meet that baby, you know, because I, I regret it so much. I know you and do. I, and I'm, I, I, I will hope, you know, for listeners that are even thinking of doing that, you know, that that they wouldn't because Please it's, don't. I know. it's horrible, you know. And like the moment that I did this. Well, let me, you hear the music. I'm going to put you on hold. Don't yeah. hang up. David, don't let her hang up. Because I've got a sister that wants to connect with you. So don't hang okay. up. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, a suburb of Denver. So good to be with you this afternoon. Calvary Live is a radio uh, broadcast live that is produced here at Grace FM Studios. Grace FM is an outreach of our church, and many of you are hearing it around the country uh, right now, if you're not hearing it on Grace FM or live through our app, you're hearing it a one week delayed. Um, all that means is that when you call during the show, you're going to talk to a live producer, a live host. We're going to answer your question live. Everyone on Grace FM is, and online are going to hear it live. And then you get to hear it one week later on your station. And we have begun, by the way, discussing bringing it live to different stations and uh, having it connected live through uh, the networks that we're on. So just be praying for that. There's there's money involved. Um, there's equipment involved. There's an engineering involved, all of that. So just keep us in prayer. Uh, we're looking forward to the day where we can announce that this is live when you're hearing it on every single station, like everyone on Grace FM gets to hear it. Uh, but um, we're not there yet. So let's get back to the phone lines. I just want to pray and follow up with Amy. Uh, Amy, welcome back to the program. Hey. So I'm just going to pray with you. I think David has your information. I'm going to connect you with a sister. And um, okay. she, if you're open to that, she just wants to encourage you. Um, yeah. Uh, ha- having a similar background. So Father, I pray for Amy and and everyone that's listening that connects with her story and unfortunately resonates with her pain. Um, I pray, God, that you just that that verse that we read. There's so many more, but just that uh, uh, that she would experience you as the Parakletos, the one that comes alongside to comfort and advocate for her. That you would help her, um, you would help her forgive herself in the pain, and truly release herself from the bondage of this serious mistake she made many years ago. And even those ladies, you ordained Amy to call and that text message to come in because there are people listening right now that need to hear us talk about this important. Maybe even someone right now considering abortion. God, I pray that you would arrest them and stop them 
and have them ask for some help as hard as it will be um, to carry a baby full term and all of that. Um, we know that you value life and that you have us to choose life. And when we can, we will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, sister, thanks for calling. I really do think it was good timing, and, and I'm super sorry. Let me let me just say this, too. Um, if you email me, I can send you some information on forgiveness. Okay. Uh, be, because there's one last thought I wanted to share for you to consider, but also for people to consider. I, I taught a message about dealing with our past. There's a mm-hmm. whole series of Bible studies on the on our app called, um, oh, geez, what do we call it? Free from your past, I think, is what we called it. And I did a couple of messages in Romans chapter 8 as a part of that series about having no condemnation and how to live with our past, how to deal with our past. And one of them was we need to learn how to forgive ourselves. And people, yeah. Christians don't like that phrase because the world has jacked it up completely. But we don't need to let the world mess up good truths. We need to learn how to forgive ourselves. And what I mean by that is we need to learn how to accept the forgiveness of God through the blood of Jesus Christ for all of our sins, including the ones that have the worst consequences. Mm-hmm. And when we choose, and this might be something you're dealing with that the Lord might help you, because you always feel pain and you always feel lost. That's part of the grieving process, and yeah. that's part of the hurt. So that's not going to go away, unfortunately. And you mix into that the guilt, and that won't always go away either. However, this area of forgiveness is a big deal for you because that, that can help the healing process. And, and when a person chooses, when a believer in Jesus Christ chooses, to, like in that place where they might be thinking, well, I'll never forgive myself and I can't forgive myself, what they're doing is they're taking the place of God. And really what they're saying is, I look at my life and my sin and it's so bad and it's so horrible and it's the worst of the worst that if I was God, I wouldn't forgive myself. And that's a form of idolatry because God knows how horrible it is. He warned us against it. We made the wrong decision anyway, but he still extends as a loving father a cleansing forgiveness through the blood of his son Jesus to help us even navigate the worst of sins. And I'm grateful things don't stop with us. Yeah. And uh, where can I get that at? Email me. So email me and I'll send you links where you can download info on forgiveness and a link on dealing with your past, that whole series. Okay, what's your email? Ed at edtaylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R dot org. Okay. It has to be dot org because there's a professional Santa Claus named Ed Taylor. And he owns the .com, so don't go to his site because he's not going to be able to help you. But .org is where that's – I'll get the email and I'll respond to it with links and info that you can download and print out. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Have a good day. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Here's another text that comes in. I'm so sorry I made the same mistake before I was saved and it haunts me. I'm so sorry for what you're feeling. That goes out to Amy. Um, and it is. It's common. I mean, it's like cancer. If I was to say in our church, how many of you have either had cancer or someone that you love very close to you has had cancer? I'm going to say every single hand in the room would, you know, we're talking 
I think our sanctuary sits 1,400 people. So, you know, we're talking over 1,000 people, uh, three services. Uh, they're going to raise their hand. Um, and I would say the same thing if I ask the question, how many of you here today has either personally experienced abortion or someone that you love very close to you has, it probably wouldn't be as many as cancer, but I'm certain it would be very close. It is just a cultural thing, especially those of us that got saved later in life. Now, Marie and I don't have that in our past, even though it was presented to us in our crisis as teenage parents. But, um, you know, when you, you think about it, it, it is so pervasive and those that were saved later in life, you know, you just lived a lot of your life apart from God. And when you do that, um, you know, you make a lot of bad, sinful decisions. But the Lord is faithful. And believe me, I don't have abortion in my past. That I, But I have a lot of things that I'm, I regret like you wouldn't believe that, you know, they're just hard. I wish they never happened. I wish I never did. I wish I never experienced. Even things, you know... It, it, so the Lord is faithful. We lean upon him. It's his, it's his, it, it's, it's him. We, we are, we are, um, what does the Bible say? We are hidden in Christ. We are fully forgiven in Christ. Let's go over to Pennsylvania now. Betty Jane has been waiting faithfully. Betty, welcome, Betty Jane, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Um, so I have a very um, trying uh, cha- or challenging experience with my daughter, my second daughter, and my grandson. My grandson is 12, and he was saved when he was 11. And my daughter will not let me speak to him about Jesus. And he called me uh, the day before yesterday, and he said to me, and he lives in California, and um, he said to me, I am going to heaven. And, he's, and, and then he said to me, is everyone going to heaven? And my daughter tried it in and said, just tell them everyone's going to heaven. And I, I can't do that. So, um, you know, it's very challenging that way. But the other thing is, uh, he's saved. So no matter what my daughter says to him about what he should or should not believe is not valid, because he's saved. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, and I think that when we're posed with these types of things, uh, for example, everyone's going to heaven, I I can say that. Um, I could let that come out of my mouth, and it would probably come out of my mouth something like this. Everyone, God has made a way for everyone to go to heaven. And because that's the context, right? Um, She wants to make it sound like there's no God, no Christ, no cross, no blood. But when you add God has made a way for everyone to go to heaven, you know, so I can use their phrase. I'm also giving the right biblical context to it without picking a fight. Now, of course, you know, she might say, oh, you can't say it that way. But I would want to say it in a way that's going to raise questions and say, hey, you know what? God, God has made a way for everyone to go to heaven. And, and it's exciting that God would love the world so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Um, and you know where you can insert the truth, even when someone's trying to say a lie. But you're right with your with your with your grandson. You know we're just gonna have to keep praying for him, infusing the truth into him when lies are trying to undermine that. Because he's gonna get it at home. He's gonna get it in the secular schools. He's gonna get it when he goes to college. He's gonna get it on TV. He's gonna get it when he's watching Disney. He's he's in the world. So all of the world is trying to rip him off from his faith, and. 
I think that if, as we learn how to use the world and even the messaging of the world, you know, I know the world's message is wrong, but I can use the messaging of the world to teach the truth um, that, you know, is again, like being able to just to say that statement and go, man, that that's, that's almost right. You know, depending on what, what context, who's there, um, that's almost right, uh, son, that's almost right because God has definitely made a way for everyone to go to heaven. Um, and I'm so grateful Jesus came to make that way for us. And there's no way to get to heaven except through him. You know, something like that where you can still take a real dramatic anti-God statement and turn it around for good. Okay. Uh, that sounds great. That's a, that's a great idea because, uh, you know, I really feel concerned about him. Um, and so I really believe in my heart that he is going to be a mighty man <laughs> of God. That's awesome. Encourage it, feed it. I mean, uh, there was very few people, uh, and I was nothing like your grandson. I was a little incorrigible (laughs) kid. But there were very few people in my life that encouraged me no matter what. But one of them was my grandmother. And Ah. she just just didn't give up on me. She just did. And, and you know, I I did get saved just before she passed away. And her Ah. memorial... She she requested before she passed that her memorial, that I would be the one that spoke at her memorial. That was the first public speaking. I was a brand new baby Christian, and that was the first public speaking opportunity that I received in the name of Jesus was my grandmother's memorial who never gave up on me my whole life. Wow, that's great. Yes, so I, I'm, I'll, you, I'll never give up on him, but he's just so far away. It's very hard, and my daughter is very dark. Yeah, uh, she's probably so super sad, hurt. But, you know, she's there's probably some deep, deep trauma and deep hurt in your daughter's life that her taking control of this part of her life just helps bring some kind of false sense of peace and comfort. But yeah. just like you and just like me, uh, God will bring us to the end of ourselves, and that's what we pray for your daughter. And I said to her when I was out there, I said, Jesus loves you. And she said, nothing. She just looked at me. She just, I was so <laughs> blessed <laughs> well, to say that, to be able to say that to her. For you. you know, so. You know, so, and I yeah. think you, you I, I do think it'll be a big mistake, though. And you have to be strategic on this, Betty Jane. But it will be a big mistake if you take an adversarial position against your daughter. Right. In in the presence exactly. of your grandson. And that's why my right. advice is just to take something negative and go, oh, I can't believe it. I didn't raise her that way. I can't believe what is she? She's so unknown. And I know you're not doing this, but for the sake of other people listening, instead of taking that adversarial, uh, because you know your grandson will agree with you, it's coming along. And, and at the same time, as you are helping him see the bigger picture, you're also helping him learn how to live with his mom that doesn't love the Lord. Right, and he right. can't win. You might be able to win with your daughter, but he can't win while he's living under her roof. He can't win. And and so just praying for him, encouraging him, teaching him how to love his love his mom like you love her as a daughter, all those things will I know you may not see immediate fruit, but they will pay off. You will sow seeds of righteousness. God will bless them. I promise you according to God's word. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do believe it, uh, and I receive it. I, I do have high hopes for him, and I'm, I'm really happy that uh, his care... He's have, he has autism. He's high-functioning yes. autism. 
Okay. And, uh, I, I believe that there's truly a reason that he was born into my daughter and my son-in-law's family. Yes. yes. He, cre- he creates cohesion for them because of his needs. <laughs> and, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, but but she she has had two abortions, and I think um, yeah, you know, yep, that's very and I, and I also and uh, you know um, I was really healed of that when I listened to Joe Foch talk about David and Bathsheba mm. and and that whole episode, that whole piece of his life. Joe Foch has an incredibly wonderful healing tone and approach in his teaching and i really was healed but it's 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 50 it's 40 years ago i mean it's 45 (laughs) years ago something like that yeah so uh it's quite quite interesting how god has god just blessed me he he just hears me and and presents someone like you talking about forgiveness tonight and uh Mm -hmm. it's just a it's just perfect he's so perfect you know he's just really amazing that's so, so good. Thank you, you so um, much. Did you, thank you. Can I just ask you real quick? Did you hear that message recently? Do you do you have a link uh, to it that we can send out? It was, Is it his just yeah, it was, regular? Right. It was right. It was eight. It was April first. Uh-huh. Uh, Joe Foch's teaching on Hope FM, but I think April first is gone in the archive. So you, she'd have to go to. Uh, she'd have to go to uh, his his church, Calvary Chapel of Philmont teaching, and see where he's okay, teaching about Beth, Bathsheba. In, okay, we'll um, figure it out. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was April Okay, 1st. and I'll let everyone know who Joe is, too, because he may not be on the stations we're on, so I'll let them know after okay. you hang up who Joe Foch is. Okay. Yeah, Thank you. great. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Bye-bye. Yeah, so, you know, of course, you guys on Hope FM, you are very familiar with Pastor Joe Foch. He's the pastor at Calvary Chapel in Philadelphia. Uh, they call it Calvary Philly. And uh, I'm going to look up the, I want to hear this message myself. I've, I've been very blessed by the teaching of Pastor Joe. Uh, he is um, just a, a solid, phenomenal, steady Bible teacher. And I want to encourage you guys listening on all, all our other stations uh, to uh, listen to Pastor Joe. I'm going to find this station. I'm going to add it to my list. Not station. I'm going to find this study uh, and add it to my list uh, and use it to send out. Uh, and I want to hear it myself uh, because, you know, Pastor Joe is a little bit older than us. And there are he does teach with a, a fatherly, even a grandfatherly tone. Um, and I do appreciate him. And, you know, you guys that have difficulties with grandchildren, um, you know, maybe you get to see them like Betty Jane does, or you've been held again, you know, they've been held back from you, uh, by their mother or the other in-laws and, and you're living like that. I, I do want to encourage you to not take an adversarial approach just to trust the Lord. You're right. It's not fair. And you're right. It is absolutely wrong, sinful, um, I've even wrote, writ, I've even posted an article on my website at edtaylor.org about what, what do you do if you can't see your grandson or, or your children? It is, it's wrong. However, taking an adversarial approach and fighting battles that only the Lord could fight. And I mean, do you really think you can convince them to do the right thing when they won't even follow the Lord? Maybe they're not even saved. They think they're saved. They say they're saved, but now through their behavior, how they're withholding their kids and their grandkids from you. They're not even saved. They don't even live. They're not even submitted to the Lord. 
um, because they think they're doing the right thing or whatever. It's just sinful uh, in every sense of the word. And to take an adversary, to try to poison a kid's um, mind against their mom or try to fight or, um, you know, the, there's wisdom from above. It's hard and you have to be walking in the spirit, but the Bible talks about wisdom from above. Let me just read it to you. I really do think this is a word from the Lord for someone. In James chapter 3, um, you can see when you're dealing with this kind of stuff, uh, how you're to respond. He says, who is wise? This is James 3.13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. And so, you know, a lot of times in these family situations, that's exactly what you're dealing with. You're dealing with bitterness, envy, and, and utter selfishness. It's like, well, you know, I know what's best for my child. I know what's best. Well, okay. All right. And you can't be a part of, okay. All right. That's, it's, it's demonic. <laughs> it's earthly. It's sensual. And here's your response now. And this is what the Lord would have you to respond to bitterness when it's, when it's hurting you. Someone else's bitterness is hurting you. Earthly, sensual, demonic activity. Um, he, he comes to the conclusion where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. And that's so true. I uh, experienced it firsthand. It's just so true. It's so wrong. But the wisdom that's from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And... And so that's the path that we want to take. We don't want confusion. We don't, we don't want to feed the confusion. We don't want to feed the self-seeking. We don't want to feed every evil thing, the sensual, demonic, fleshly, earthly things. We want no gentle, peaceable, make peace, willing to yield, full of God's mercy, full of God's fruits. And But Ed, I've done all that and nothing's changed. No, no, a lot has changed. And one of the big changes is that you haven't become a bitter, angry person. And the Lord's been ministering to you. And the Holy Spirit is with you. Yeah, but Ed, it's, it hasn't been, it's just gotten worse. And they're this and they're that. Okay. Respond with peace, gentleness. Just yield. Be willing to yield to the Lord. Be willing to yield to the situation. And then you, you can, I could already, but Ed, but Ed, but. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, they're all real emotions. I'm, believe me, I'm not going to undermine that whatsoever. They're all real emotions. But the Lord is good. And he's faithful and utterly reliable in every situation. And yeah, we're going to face difficulties that are outside of our control. Um, you know, the diagnosis of cancer, that's a hard one. A divorce, a past abortion, being having children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren not only held against you, but turned against you. Uh, you're going to be sued. You're going to face threats. You're going to lose your job. Yeah, but the Lord is good and greatly to be praised. And we want to trust him. 303-690-3000. We're going to go out to California now. Adam, welcome to the program. Oh, wow. That was quick. Hello, Hey, Adam, what's up? How are you doing, sir? I'd just like to say I've been following you for the last two years and you've been inspirational to my life. 
I'm grateful feel, for that. Thank you. I feel so much better just being able to listen to you and, and actually talk to you today. That's amazing. Right on. What's up? Um, oh, so they don't pass the question on, so I have to ask you. Uh, yeah, t- we're on the air, touching, so let's talk about it. We got about three touching, minutes. Kind of touching base with what, what uh, you just talked about with yes. the little boy and his mother. Yes. Um, I've always been rejected from my family, from mm-hmm. my side of the family. So I'm married. I have one child left in the house. Yes. And my fa- my side of the family only comes to me when they need money, a place to stay. Just recently, my brother asked me for a kidney. And mm. when they do come around, if it's not stealing for me, they bridge a gap between me and my wife. They instill fear in my daughter. I have forgiven them. I do love them. I do miss them. Um, they told me they don't want to have a relationship with me, but continue to try to enter into my, my life when they need something. Yeah. Is it wrong for me not to want to have that physical relationship? No, it's actually and not wrong. Thing? You know, there are times when we have to make uh, some sound boundaries in order to have a healthy, life-giving uh, relationship with the Lord and with the hopes of reconciliation, right? With the hopes of humility and brokenness. And if you were in my office, I would draw, you and your wife were in my office when we were talking about this, I'd take out a piece of paper and I would draw a circle and I would say this circle represents your primary relationship in life. And in that circle is only three names, your name, your wife's name, and Jesus. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. And then I draw another circle. And in that circle, I'd say, this is where your kids belong. And I draw another circle. And this is where your in-laws belong. And I draw another circle over, you know, bigger and bigger it's getting. And, and in those relationships, those are all secondary to your marriage. So in-laws can't break it. You know, when you, when you got married, you got married to your wife and you were to leave and to cleave your mother and father. And they're not only are you to leave and cleave, but they're also to make it easy for you to leave and cleave. And there are those times when we need to enforce those boundaries. Not only are they important for you to keep, but they're also important for other people to keep. The thing is, is we have to be careful not to harden our hearts toward those that repetitively hurt us, constantly, continually hurt us. And that they seem to make it their goal in life. Uh, and they have all kinds of reasons for it, right? Uh, it's the truth, and you just need to know, and you're not perfect. You know, they got all kinds of reasons for it, but it, they're not acting on behalf of God. They're acting on behalf of their own emotions, their own, like the text said, their own selfishness, their own envy, and all of those wicked emotions. And, and there are times where you can take a break, restore strength in your marriage through prayer and reading of the word, and then start to relate to your family in a new way from a stronger position in your marriage. Okay. Yeah, because with, with the answer that you gave the other, the other caller, I was I was a little confused that I was committing sin by, by not necessarily cutting them off, but like you said, setting that boundary. and like, well, if you're just going to come into my life and tear my family to, to shambles every time you enter my life, well, why, do, why do I need you here? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you, you've got to guard your marriage. That's the, and then you're next, your kids. And then after that is your in-laws or you're even your own parents. And, and the primary, um, the primary place of emphasis in a relationship is in our marriage to make sure our family unit is solid. And there are times where we, we need to pull back. Um, there's nothing in the word of God that says we need to submit ourselves to wickedness or evil. Um, but rather to trust in the Lord and to abide in him. So let me just say to you, because we're coming up on the end of the program, 
anyone that needs help with this topic of forgiveness, anyone that needs help dealing with our past. Uh, I just did a whole series on the family as well and even mm-hmm. talked about this in our series. You can email me at ed at edtaylor.org and just say, hey, send me the information on forgiveness, send me the information on the family. You can download our free app. Uh, you just go to your app store and put it. my name in. And uh, Actually, so I for you or anyone, well. <laughs> right on. So connect with us. Uh, I'll send you the information free of charge. You can print it out. And um, hey, man, thanks for calling, bro. We're, the show's over, so I got to go. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, I'm sorry, Connie, I didn't get to your call. My screen scrolled down and I got Adam first, so I'm so sorry. Please call back. You had a prayer and a praise down in Fountain. Um, please call back. Uh, But come to church this weekend here at Calvary Church in Aurora. We have services Saturday night at 6, Sunday morning at 8.45 and 10.45. We finish finish our study on the family. We called it Family Matters. The days in which we live, judgment begins at the house of the Lord. It begins on our own houses. So I look forward to delivering that message. Download our app. Turn on notifications. Stay in touch with us. Uh, If you need info on forgiveness, email me edtaylor.org is my website. You can email me through there. Uh, don't forget, refresh, fly out from wherever you're hearing us. Come to our ministry conference, October 1st and 2nd. All the information is available on our website, calvaryco.church slash refresh. Can't wait to meet you. So many new people, overflowing services, the days in which we live. Let's go for it in all that God has for us in these last days. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. In Jesus. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.